Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks Live with your host, Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming safety professional Wyatt Bradbury. Wyatt serves as an HSE advisor for Hitachi Rail and is part of the Department of Engineering faculty and the University of Alabama, Birmingham, teaching professional ethics and introduction to safety systems for the Advanced Safety Engineering and Management Program. He has experience in aquatic and recreation risk management, electrical construction, power line safety, rail safety, and safety consulting. Mr. Bradbury holds a CHP, CHST, and CIT certifications from the BCSP and a Master of Engineering in Advanced Safety Engineering and Management from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Wyatt is a past president of the National Capital Chapter on the Chapter Leader Training Committee under the Council on Regional Affairs on the Planning Committee of the Mid-Atlantic Construction Safety Conference, and is a member of the Emerging Professionals Common Interest Group. Wyatt currently serves as the National Capital Chapter Delegate and as the Assistant Regional Vice President of Communications for Region 6. He regularly travels the country speaking at local, regional professional development conferences and is a frequent contributor to Professional Safety Journal. Wyatt was awarded the 2020 National Safety Council Rising Star of Safety Award. He recently published two articles in the PSJ Professional Safety on Young Workers' Safety in February's issue and to teach or to coach Navigating Between Approaches in April's issue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to TED Speaks Live with Wyatt. We promised everybody that we'd bring Wyatt back here in the spring and fortunately it was able to work out after his two articles. And so we're really excited for the opportunity to meet with you. Thanks for coming on, Wyatt. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Wyatt, we wanted to start off. I want to ask a quick question. The first article here, your article, Young Worker Safety in February's PSJ, you stated that in 2017, young workers under the age of 25 were 1.25 times more likely to suffer a work-related injury. And then in 2018, 22 young workers under the age of 18 died in work-related incidents. Why do you think young people are getting hurt and killed in the workplace? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of factors. And again, this is just my opinion, certainly. The data that I pulled is from reputable sources, certainly as referenced in the article. But I think this is just kind of my estimation based on what I've seen. Some of it is the tasks that these workers are doing. They're what might be considered menial tasks. But Sometimes the most menial of tasks can be the most complicated and the most risky. I think taking out the trash. Taking out the trash is not a simple task, especially in construction. Is the dumpster, is it at grade? Is it below grade? Is it above or is it full? Is it half full? Is the front part full and the back part open? Are they having to lift it overhead? There's so many things that go into this. And I think with young workers, 
there's this eagerness to impress. There's this big desire to work hard. Certainly, there's elements of ego and invincibility. And I think really there's a lack of a developed risk perception. Young workers, I know thinking back to myself, all of those elements cloud your judgment. You don't understand impacts. You don't understand kind of the further impacts of a decision or an action you might take. You're not thinking you're going to get hurt. But I think all that kind of plays into conditions that could then be triggered and lead to young worker being hurt or killed. Right. Kind of like they're just trying to prove themselves, right? Well, I think in some ways that's definitely an element that's a I know that was the case for me. I mean, I have pictures of some scaffoldings I was on as a volunteer in high school, and I didn't know any better. We're just putting some scaffolding together. We found it, and we're trying to do it. We'll do some work, do a good job, put out a good product, and it looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And <laughs> we didn't have fall protection. We didn't have guardrails on it. We didn't even know what those things were. Right. We were just out there trying to do a good job, and you don't even realize that. Making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, I think of our kids and we have a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old and it's that kind of rightly so that they do think they're invincible per se. And I also think that some kids just don't like asking those questions or young adults, depending on the age. You're in a new environment and to ask an employer a question makes you seem like you maybe haven't listened or you're just unsure and they tend to shy away from that. So they might just wait around. If no one kind of explains something to them, then they're at a loss. Yeah, absolutely. Or you don't even know what question you should be asking. Very true. That's very true. Well, when I read this article, it brought me back a few years ago. I worked in a local paper mill the summers in between college to help pay for school. And I remember I was 18. It was my first day on the job. And this mill hired a lot of employees kids for summer help. A lot of the summer help was in this department where they're just kind of sifting through paper and an assembly line. And I was thrown into this department where on day one, I was thrown on a forklift moving 2,000 pound paper rolls. And the people that trained me did a great job, but there was nothing talked about as far as safety. I was just kind of thrown in and this is what you do. So I just don't think they had a protocol in place, especially to train summer employees on safety. Yeah, that was definitely the case for me. And I think when I look at some of these smaller organizations, it's how are we supporting them in health and safety? Yes, they may still be required to follow the laws. Yes, they may be exempt from some of the laws, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have to do this or they shouldn't have to implement an emergency action plan that is written, that is documented, that's out there. Right. I think the key for us as professionals is really how are we supporting the smaller organizations in our community yep. that probably don't know. Correct. That community center, the mom and pop shop, the local church or youth organizations that hey, they're trying to, to go out and provide a service. It's someone's family business. They might never have heard of some of these things and they're wearing 12 different hats. These small organizations, they don't have the resources to have necessarily dedicated roles. So they've got 12 different hats they all might be wearing. So how are we helping to support them as we see these things, help engage them, help them understand? And certainly, how are we educating our own youth in our own lives, whether it's your own children, whether it's the kids on the block? I know in my past, I've gone and I've spoken at a high school and talked about, hey, some safety considerations for high school. Why do we need to wear PPE? Why is that important? just to get them kind of aware of that early on. And I think that's kind of where we have to go. I don't think regulations and decrees and policies from on higher the answer. I think it's just engaging and helping to supporting. And really, what's that one little thing you can do today to try to make your community better? You're right. I've done a lot of training in our local 
high schools too, volunteering and trying to give back, working with people that are learning how to weld. And things that we take for granted, being older and more experienced, I guess, right? They aren't getting done and they don't quite understand these things. So it's so important that we carry that on. Why, what can we do as professionals to perhaps make the younger workers better, safer? Well, I think it's kind of what I just described. It's how are we engaging and supporting those smaller organizations? How are we, again, working with those individuals in our lives, whether it's our individual family members, our children, the kids on the block? How are we working with those career days and supporting career days at schools and saying, hey, we some things to think about, handing out that literature. How are we engaging with our professional organizations to get out and support those different groups? So awareness is a big part. And sometimes that's half the battle is people don't know when to ask for help if they're not aware that they have a problem. I think awareness and advocacy is probably the best way to go. Right. I don't necessarily think that we need to move again towards legislation and policy and all of these things. I don't see those as having the impact we all would hope they do. So I really do think it's that personal touch because if it means something to you, you're going to be able to impart that meaning to somebody else and that's actually going to have an impact. Right. And like you said, these smaller businesses, it's not that they don't care about safety or if they're bringing high school workers or younger adults on. It's not that they don't want to keep everyone safe, but with everything they have going on, they might just not know how to go about it. So like you said, awareness and just support is probably a key factor. Yep, absolutely. Well, moving on to another article that will be released this month, to teach or to coach navigating between approaches. And that's also in the Professional Safety Journal. You focus on to teach or to coach and how to know when to do what. Can you explain the difference between those two? Yeah, so I think in its most basic form, teaching refers to the imparting of a skill, some sort of lesson or some piece of knowledge for the first time. When you're teaching someone, you're providing someone a baseline. You're providing them a cornerstone. You're providing them a foundation. Now, it doesn't mean the learner doesn't have any prior knowledge or any prior skills. It simply means that the next skill they're trying to learn is being developed or imparted for the first time. It just means that all of a sudden, yes, they might have a baseline in something similar, but this particular instance skill situation is brand new. When you're coaching... Coaching is related to continual development of a skill to achieve advanced levels of performance. Now you're trying to get into the nuances. Coaching is personalized, and it really begins to take into account the unique goals of the individual involved. What is it that they need to be able to achieve? Are you trying to take a base level skill and make it a little bit more advanced, a little bit more nuanced? How far beyond mere competency are you trying to develop that individual with that skill? So the key is that they already have been taught. They already have that foundation. We're just making it better, more advanced, furthering it. Yeah, and when I read this article, it's kind of eye-opening because as you read it, you think, well, yeah, I kind of know that, but really we don't. We kind of sometimes think as we look at teaching and coaching kind of as the same thing, but they're not, right? And that's what your article kind of explains very well because I think it's something that we assume we know, but until we kind of read the article and it goes into more detail, it does make sense. So when do you know the right way to approach someone who just can't get it? That employee who is expected to know it, but just wasn't trained the right way? Because we all have employees like that, no matter where we're at. Right. Yeah. So I think the key is really looking at the abilities and the requirements of the task and looking at the abilities of the individual and trying to understand, is there just a fundamental disconnect? 
where is someone not getting it? Are we assuming that they have a more advanced knowledge than they may or may not have? Do we need to kind of go in and say, hey, maybe we need to teach the fundamentals in a more basic way? I think we need to look at the system, the system surrounding the individuals. And that's kind of what we talked about the last time. Is there something else that's happening around the person or is there some sort of irreversible goal conflict present that regardless of what you're trying to train, it's forcing them to take different actions than one might intend? I think we need to look at the training we're giving or the information that we're passing and make sure that we're even communicating it and have developed and designed it or evaluating it in an appropriate way. And I think we need to understand what the individual does know, where their baseline is, and where we're truly working from. So it's really evaluating and then developing that baseline, correct? Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the risks of premature coaching an employee in the workplace? Can you give maybe an example? Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues with prematurely coaching is that your employees aren't even going to understand the expectations or what the goal that you're trying to achieve is. They're not going to have, again, that fundamental baseline. You're going to be talking about advanced skills and they're just not going to be there. I think you're going to get a lot of head nodding. Certainly when you're trying to coach without folks having truly been taught something, you're going to get a lot of head nodding, a lot of agreement, but folks aren't actually going to understand. They're just going along because they don't want to be the odd duck out, right? I mean, they don't want to be that one that doesn't look like they understand. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly have to have that psychological safety present to be able for folks to feel that they can speak up and say, hey, something's not right. I think a great example is learning to drive. If you're trying to teach someone how to drive, and you're coaching all these advanced driving techniques and all these things of where they should be looking and how they should be looking and how they should do this and that and how they should turn here or speed up there, but they don't even have a basic understanding or comfort with the mechanics of car movement, well, now you're just flooding that person with information they can't actually take in. Right. And I think that's a great example. Yeah, it is. That's a great example because a lot of times people they don't want to seem like they don't understand, right? And what they're going to do is, like you were saying, doing the head knocking. Well, or your kid's going to get in an accident, and then there's going to be a lot more emotions <laughs> than anyone bargained for. <laughs> very That's very true. true I... And I definitely agree with just taking the time to know if they understand the fundamentals. I think some of us have been either that trainer or the trainee. And if you treat everyone the same, that's not really going to serve a purpose because the knowledge that they come in with is different. So then like you said, to know whether to teach or to coach or what to do first really matters. So the approach to teach or to coach, what can this approach do for a company or a safety professional? Yeah, so I think it's going to lead to more effective training and more effective learning outcomes. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to find our people are actually taking something away from this time that we are spending. And it's an investment. It really needs to be looked at as an investment. Don't think of it as just a compliance requirement. Hey, I got to check this box. Think of it as an opportunity to develop your people. If you approach it like an investment with your people and you're trying to engage the person, all of a sudden your training should become more relevant, more specific, more personal to them, and it should have a much larger impact. And I think that's the goal is that we should really be trying to make sure that it matters, that this is something our people understand the why and buy into the why, then go in and live out within the organization. That's very good. I think understanding the why is something that's missed a lot. It's a lot easier to be taught and coached if you know why you're doing something versus just going through the motion. So the value is definitely there. Understanding the process and understanding the why, right? 
Right. Well, and it's going to cut down on retraining. Definitely. You know, this, this idea that, or, or someone saying, well, I've, they've been trained and I keep training them and they just don't get it. <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're going to be figuring out where your people are, meeting them where they are, and you're going to be developing them as individuals within your organization. Very true. Great. Why well, we want to thank you for being on our TED Speaks Live for the second time. You're our first guest to be here our second time. So thank you very much. But as you know, it's time for us to have a little fun with you and talk about uh, the positivity of safety is what we're trying to do on health and safety. And as you know, I'm the positive safety coach. So you've gone through this process before. Are you ready? <laughs> the jokes. I don't know if you can ever be ready. Ted, but let's go. <laughs> no, I'm surprised you came back a second yeah. time knowing that we end yeah, with this. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> what a good sport. Did you hear the one about the roofer with a perfect safety record? No, I haven't heard about that one. <laughs> well, they never had a shingle accident. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't bad. <laughs> See, they're getting better, Wyatt, with age, experience, I mean. All right, we'll make this painless as possible. Why was the cafeteria clock always behind? Tell me. Because it went back for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one more. One more, okay. Uh-oh, now you're really going for it. Yep, this is the <laughs> one right here, the ultimate one. If the safety dance comes on, are we, as safety professionals, obligated to dance? Of course. I mean, I know we can dance if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I know we can dance if we want to. Oh, oh Thank you very much, Wyatt, for uh, being on TED Speaks Live. Again, can you please just share with the audience a way to get a hold of you? Yeah, LinkedIn's the best way to contact me. Uh, you can just search my name on LinkedIn. You'll find me there. Find my name and you'll be able to reach out to me further there. I think phone number, email, and certainly LinkedIn message should all be there. And again, to repeat, your article to teach or to coach navigating between approaches is released this month in the PSJ. We look forward to that. Yes, it's a very good article. Please, it's well worth the read. Yes. Both of them. Thanks for joining us today. Yep, thanks for having me back. Can't wait to come back again. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks Live with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories, or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.